0: Alright, so Matt, Daffy Duck and Elmer Fudd broke into this distillery. And Okay. Yeah. And and they, they were in there and Daffy turns to Elmer and he says, Is this whiskey? And Elmer Fudd goes, Yes, but not as whiskey as wob in a bank. <laughs> 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 Good. We uh, we want to say real quick, go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. If you go on to podbelly.com and you go look, you can find a list of all the shows that are members of the Podbelly Network, and we're proud to be associated with these shows. But they're shows from all different genres. So it may be something that you wouldn't run across normally that you say, hey, that might be interesting. So check it out. I'm I guarantee you, you're going to find at least one show on there that you haven't heard of that you will enjoy. So go check it out at podbelly.com. Um, also want to thank tonight's sponsors Raycon and HelloFresh, and we will talk a little bit more about them coming up. Uh, and we also want to say go check out patreon.com slash graveyard Sorry, I got distracted a little bit. My beagle is down here in the bed, turned upside down, <laughs> shooting his legs all around. So I got a little distracted. Um, but as I was saying, uh, go check out Patreon.com slash Graveyard Tales. You can sign up to become a patron. And we've got three different levels, one, five and ten. And our $10 members, they get video versions of us recording these shows and they get video versions of the bonus episodes that we put out. Our $5 members, they get the video versions of the bonus episodes plus the audio. Uh, The $10 gets the audio as well, too. Um, So if you have the link from Patreon that brings all of our episodes into your podcast catcher, um, then you'll get the audio for all of it. Um, Our $1 patrons only get the audio version. Um, But we try to do different stuff on there than we would normally do on a main episode so it's sometimes more science-based sometimes it's more humorous um recently within the past couple of weeks i'd posted a video of me playing a song on guitar and singing it so i uh, made myself look like a fool but if you're interested no <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. no i mean you know you, you take a look at this i mean you, you get to see how 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 talented Adam is in other areas other than podcasting and editing. So. <laughs>
0: it, it is something that I've, I've done for many years. It was my life before podcasting. Um, I'd worked in the music industry and did stuff like that. And I've always played and sung guitar. I'm not a great guitar player, but I sang in all the bands I was in. So at least go check that out. Um, all of the levels got the video version of that. So. Um, go check it out. I'm sure there will be more in the future uh, oh. of me looking dumb on camera. So go, <laughs> go check that out. Um, it's <laughs> patreon.com slash graveyard tales. If you're interested now, Matt, that's all I got. I'm going to stop talking. So, well, I'm not going to stop talking, but I'm going to stop talking in the intro. I'm going to keep talking.
1: Yeah, but everybody's like, thank God.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> when I was wondering when he was going to stop talking, <laughs> But why don't you tell us what are we talking about tonight, brother?
1: Okay, so tonight we're gonna talk about something that uh, most people have heard of. Uh, if you haven't, it's kind of a kind of a creepy thing. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about the island of the dolls.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, it it's in Mexico, and I remember hearing about this. Um, I, I think I was a kid. Um, I was probably 10 11 yeah and I remember hearing about this now it, it was nowhere near at that point what it is now
0: right right
1: uh, and 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 time has not been kind to these dolls that are hanging across this
0: island lord but, no
1: you know there there is a lot of history uh, uh, you know not just modern history there is you know a lot of uh uh ancient aztec history associated with this area uh which which makes it a little more interesting um but the story behind why these dolls are on this island uh is really really fascinating um you know we're gonna get into the fact that a lot of people believe that this place is haunted and Mm -hmm. It's one of those places that when you look at it, you go, yeah, yeah, that's haunted, I'm not going there,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, I mean, just it's
1: like it's like the new the uh, you know there's a new movie coming out, a new horror movie called nope,
0: yeah, and, uh, yeah,
1: they said that you know when uh when Jordan Peele came up with a title, he was like, yeah, because that's what people will say
0: when they look at it, nope <laughs> <laughs> right, well, and that that's like you said, that's kind of how this place is, you see. Uh-huh pictures of it or you know you're floating up to it on on this raft and you look at it and it's covered in these creepy old dirty yeah. rotten dolls and you're like rotten dolls well they are they're rotting i don't even mean it like <laughs> those rotten dolls i mean they're literally rotting um, but and if you've listened
1: to this show for any length of time, you know that Adam just adores doll. Oh, yeah. That they are his favorite.
0: thing. They're like <laughs> creepier, creepy kids. Like if you were to take a creepy kid <laughs> and, and make it almost look human, but not quite, and then make it just sit there still staring yeah. at you with unblinking eyes. Yeah, it's fantastic. They're great. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. it. So we need to, like Matt was saying, look at the history of this area, um, look at who built it, all that stuff. So let's get into it. Uh, First, check our sources. Go down to the bottom of the show notes. You can find where we found this information. You can learn more about it if you're interested in that. And some of it you could maybe follow along with as we're reading certain excerpts from the entries there, you can you can follow along and see how to spell some of these because I'm going to do my best to pronounce these um, correctly. But it's not just Spanish; there is Nahuatl, which is the Aztec language. So I'm going to do my best, um, but <laughs> you can you can see the spelling of some of these there. Um, but like Matt said, the Island of the Dolls is a Chinampa located just south of Mexico City between the canals of of Soshimilko. Now, to understand the stories a little better, like we're saying, we need to look at exactly what this island is, why it exists in the first place, and who built them. So Soshimilko is a UNESCO World Heritage Site located about 17 miles south of the capital's historical center. Now, the name comes from Nahuatl, like I was mentioning, which was the language of the Aztecs, and it means flower garden. So the canals of Xochimilco are a vestige of the Aztec agricultural technique of using chinampas to extend arable land in wetland areas. So you're like, okay, you just said a lot of words and I don't understand what any of these things are. (laughs) So all words, I'll say is that's talk, how
1: awkward. Yeah,
0: that's how Michael and Ashley feel all the time. I say a lot. They don't understand half of what I'm saying. Um, But we need to look at what chinampas are. Now, this comes from uh, they're the, delicious. They are, man. I love them fried with powdered sugar on them. Um <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs> that's what it sounds like. It sounds like something I, I could eat.
0: Yeah, it does. It sounds like to me, it makes me think of a dessert with like cinnamon and sugar on it. Yeah. Um, but this comes from uh, the archaeologist.org website, and it, it talks about what Chinampas are. Now, Chinampa is a technique used in Mesoamerican agriculture, which relied on small rectangular areas of fertile arable land to grow crops on the shallow lake beds, usually in the Valley of Mexico. Now, they are built up on wetlands of a lake or freshwater swamps for agricultural purposes, and their proportions ensure optimal moisture retention. So basically, it's man-made islands that the Aztecs built. So again, I'm going to just jump in my notes here and say, If anybody wants to say that ancient cultures were not super intelligent, this should prove to you that they are. If nothing else that we've talked about, the fact that they understood this, they figured this out, they executed it, and they are still around today should tell you how intelligent ancient cultures were. It wasn't aliens that helped them out. It wasn't, oh, well, we're just mistaking what they used them for. And this was a very simple, no, ancient cultures were super smart. Now, before the larger Chinampas were built, farmers maintained small scale Chinampas adjacent to their households and communities in the freshwater lakes of Xochimilco and Chalco. Now, Chinampas were invented by the Aztec civilization, sometimes referred to as floating gardens, uh, Chinampas are artificial islands that were created by interweaving reeds with stakes beneath the lake surface, creating underwater fences. A buildup of soil and aquatic vegetation would be piled into these fences until the top layer of soil was visible on the water surface. Now, these agricultural lands received this nickname due to the illusion they caused, and the bodies of land, you know, they appeared to be floating on water because the canals. Surrounded the Chinampa plots. So think about that for a minute. They built fences underwater. And then they filled it with dirt and vegetation and all this stuff till the dirt was above water level. Yeah. And then that's their island. That's where they plant. They didn't have enough arable land on the land. So they created these things Um, says when creating Chinampas, in addition to building up masses of land, a drainage system was also developed. This drainage system was multipurposed. A ditch was created to allow for the water uh, to flow and sediments, likely including night soil, they say. Um, And over time, this ditch would slowly accumulate piles of mud. The mud would then be dug up and placed on top of the Chinampas, clearing the blockage. The soil from the bottom of the lake was also rich in nutrients, thus acting as an efficient and effective way of fertilizing the Chinampas, replenishing the topsoil with lost nutrients provided, uh, all this provided for bountiful harvest. So to me, that's incredible. Just to, I mean we now will put like these bulbs in our flower pots that leak water into the soil as it gets dry. So it constantly waters. Um, They built islands to do the same thing because this soil and plant matter would soak up the water. It would also allow the nutrients from the decayed vegetation stuff on the bottom of this lake and the canals to be soaked up into the plants. So it, it makes me want to do it. It makes me want to buy land <laughs> that has a lake and build a Chinampa on this and put my garden in that. I mean, when I was researching this, what these are, I was just, I was totally amazed at their, their ingenuity and the fact that. They didn't have scuba gear. They didn't have all this stuff, but they were building fences underwater, seeding them into the soil. I mean, I don't know why anybody would say that ancient cultures like the Aztecs or even further back were not super intelligent.
1: Yeah. yeah especially the Aztecs. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we've talked about this many, many times on the show. They, they time and time again, the the artifacts and, and that from you know the ancient aztecs they they show us they prove to us that they had knowledge greater than what any anybody in in modern culture can fathom mm-hmm. and there's there's so much that we don't know that you know, I I can't believe that people just it, it's the same thing we've we've talked about before. There's there's bound to be other cultures that we have no idea existed that right. were way advanced.
0: Right. And, and I'm, I'm sure and,
1: and other other cultures that we do know about learned from them.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about other places um, in future episodes. But you look at the Aztec temples or some of the other ancient temples like Gobekli Tepe and stuff like that. They have huge ginormous stones that they've moved into place from miles and miles away to build these temples. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's same thing with the pyramids Yeah, that how did they get these stones there? And they say, well, we figured out that they float them there. They, they build these canals and they, float them on these rafts. Okay, that that solves one equation. How did they get it onto the raft? How did they get it off the raft and built up like they did on top of these structures? They still haven't figured that out. So the fact that the Aztecs, the Mayans, the, the uh, people in Peru, I forgot their name, I apologize, um,
1: It's too many to remember.
0: Yeah, all of these ancient civilizations that created these massive temples and massive cities, and we don't know how they did it. They've got to have knowledge that was lost that we just aren't aware of now. And uh, I I actually saw a thing this
1: morning about... uh, they're, they're looking into some i say looking into that's probably not the best thing but there's they were showing um uh, a, a picture of some hieroglyphs from ancient egypt and it showed all of these people moving this enormous stone mm-hmm. okay and there's a guy on the front with a with like a big jar pouring water on the front mm-hmm and they were talking about how that with sand, you know, that fills in the gaps essentially and allow, would allow something that, that large to move smoothly along wet sand. Whereas over dry sand, it would pile up as sure. it's pushed and, and it, you know, there's so much friction, it becomes even more difficult. Um, This was a way that you could reduce the friction significantly Mm -hmm. and and still move it. And, you know, it's one thing to uh, to figure out that that might have been how they did it. It's another to actually have some evidence that they might have done it this way with an actual uh, with actual artwork of somebody doing exactly that.
0: Right. Right. But, you know. I actually brought this up the other day when we were watching something about Egypt. We have these writings like the hieroglyphs and people know how to read the hieroglyphs and everything. But how do we know that that's exactly what they were saying or exactly what they were doing? So them pouring the water looks like what they're doing. But what if they weren't? What if they were doing something else? Yeah, And I I mean, it's just the the uh bravado of everybody now that we can figure this out we know it they couldn't have had some knowledge that we don't have so we'll figure it out kind of thing i i don't know it just
1: <laughs> i it, don't know it's it's fun to look at these structures and just wonder man mm-hmm. you know this this would not be an easy task today right you know to just you, you may have the equipment to do it but you got to get the equipment there yeah um, and yeah. some of these 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 old temples pyramids um you know all of these structures they're in some areas that you they're hard enough to get to on foot mm-hmm. you know much less with in any kind of machinery so it's it's fun it's interesting and and it gives us a, a nice look into uh just how advanced you know some of these cultures were.
0: Right, right. Um and now now speaking of these cultures, we need to look at the Aztecs, the the ones who built these chinampas there and and basically created the area that the island of the dolls now sits on that mm-hmm. Matt's going to talk about in a minute. So who were the Aztecs? Now, some of this comes from some of this information comes from the Guggenheim Museum. Um, some of it comes from history.com. So I've kind of interwoven them in here a little bit to uh, to create a cohesive narrative. Um, but the Aztecs were the Native American people who dominated northern Mexico at the time of the Spanish conquest in the early 16th century. They were a nomadic culture, and the Aztecs eventually settled on several small islands in Lake Texcoco, where in 1325, they founded the town of Tenochtitlan, which is modern day Mexico City.
1: Man, that was good. Thank you. I'm impressed.
0: Thank you. I've practiced. Um, <laughs> you should see me sitting here practicing Tenochtitlan, Xochimilco over and over again uh, by myself. Um, <laughs> But uh, they were uh, fearless warriors, and they they were also, this says pragmatic builders, which we know from all of their temples and all that. Uh, it says the Aztecs created an empire during the 15th century that was surpassed in size in the Americas only by that of the Incas in Peru. The Incas is what I was looking for. That was the yeah, term there I you go. Was meaning a minute ago.
1: I didn't have it either. So I wouldn't. (laughs)
0: Um, Now, the Aztecs are the most extensively documented of all Amerindian civilizations at the time of European contact in the 16th century. So various sources, including those of religious, military and social historians, left invaluable records of all aspects of life. And together with modern archaeological inquiries, Portray the formation and flourishing of a complex imperial state. So that's basically just saying that because of all the documentation that the Spanish made when they came over. And then from what we've been able to figure out, we have a, a pretty good idea of the history of the Aztecs. Though The Aztecs emerged as the dominant force in central Mexico. They developed an intricate social, political, religious, and commercial organization that brought many of the region's city-states under their control by the 15th century. Now, invaders led by Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortez overthrew the Aztec Empire by force and captured Tenochtitlan in 1521, bringing an end to Mesoamerica's last great native civilization. So I, I guarantee you, if uh, the Spanish hadn't come over and basically wiped out their civilization, their area, probably most of North and South America would be Aztec. We would still have all the Aztec traditions and everything flourishing because of how extensive their reign was.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, th- they would have just. Moved northward, yeah, and and yep. encompassed other Native American tribes either just by forming, you know, allies or taking them over. Mm-hmm. um You know, c- because they were they they were warriors.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Um, you know, you see some of these old paintings. You know, they're they're they always look ready for battle. They always mm-hmm. look fierce. So that w- that would be that's an interesting thought. You know, I've never really considered it, but you're right. You know, the the, the Spanish was not friendly to the Native Americans at all. Right. You know, in fact, they were pretty uh, pretty horrible.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: You know, and 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 beyond just killing them.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: that's for another show.
0: Yep, That's a whole another show. <laughs> Um, now, this goes on to say that the exact origins of the Aztec people are uncertain, but they're believed to have begun as a northern tribe of hunter-gatherers who name, whose name came from their homeland, um, Aztlan, or White Land in the Aztec language of Nahuatl. So I, I would be very interested to know where the Aztecs started. What civilization were they? And what knowledge did they learn from the previous civilizations that allowed them to create these temples and create the Chinampas and stuff like that? How much did they figure out? How much was passed down to them? Um, I think that would be fascinating. Now, the Aztecs were also known as the Tenochca. Uh, from which the name of the capital city, Tenochtitlan, was derived, or the uh, Mexica, the origin of the city, uh, the name of the city that would replace Tenochtitlan, as well as the name of the entire country. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where you get the the name and the names from. Um, now, a little bit of trivia here. Did you know, Matt, that the Aztec language, Nahuatl, was the dominant language in central Mexico by the mid 1350s and numerous Nahuatl words were uh, words borrowed by the Spanish were later absorbed into English as well, including Chile or Chile, avocado, chocolate, coyote, peyote, guacamole, ocelot and mezcal. Those were, those all came from the Nahuatl language.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I love two thirds of those. Yeah, I'll let right. I let you guess which one. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> ocelots and coyotes. Yeah. That's, and peyote. Yeah. Chocolate <laughs> avocado. I could say and, I like most and, of them.
1: And look, when I when I uh, when I enjoy the peyote, I get to talk to the coyotes and the ocelot.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's I'm like kidding. that Simpsons episode where. Uh, he starts talking to the coyote that's actually Johnny Cash. Yeah, and he climbs that big pyramid. That was a good episode.
1: I I always feel like because I I love good guacamole and and I've worked on my recipe for years and I, personally I feel like I I make the best guacamole of any white man <laughs> and uh, you know I have been I have been told this so you know I I. I yeah, you know, avocados and guacamole, I'm I'm thankful for the Aztecs.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm thankful for them in so many ways. Okay, y'all. So lately I have been listening to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts and music too, but mainly audiobooks. And and one of the ones I've been listening to here lately has been Scars and Stripes by Tim Kennedy. And it's been great. And one of the biggest reasons that it's been great is because I'm using my Raycon wireless earbuds to listen to it. Now, Raycon's everyday earbuds, they look, feel, and sound better than ever. They've got optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. You pick the little silicone gel tip that you want, put it in, and if it doesn't fit just right, They got a bunch more. Pull it off, put on another one until you get the perfect fit, and it will not fall out of your ear. Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life, and it's amazing. I can carry these things around with me all the time. I've always got them going, and I never run out of battery. I can be charging the bass while I'm listening to the earbuds and put them back in and charge them after that. It's amazing. Raycons are also priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. And it's no wonder that Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Now, some of my favorite things are the customizable sound profiles. So you can pick if you're listening to music and you want more bass in your music, you can choose the heavy bass mode. Or, if you're listening to audiobooks like I have been a lot lately, you can pull back the bass and it will increase the trebles and the mids so that you get more of the vocal presence that you want out of a book. They also have a noise isolation mode and an awareness mode. So, the noise isolation mode you can put in if you don't want to hear other things around you, like if you're mowing or doing any type of Home project where you're running a saw or anything like that, and you can put them in, put the noise isolation mode in, and it blocks out the sound of the saw, and you still can hear what you're listening to. Or the awareness mode you can pop in while you're doing stuff around the house, so that if your kids or your significant other needs to get a hold of you, you can still hear them while you're listening to your book. It's great. And if you want to join me and Matt on the Raycon train, and get yourself a pair of amazing earbuds. All you got to do is go to buyraycon.com slash tails, and you can get 15% off your Raycon order. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash T-A-L-E-S, and you get 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash tails. Now, this says when the Aztecs saw an eagle perched on a cactus on the marshy land near the southwest border of Lake Texcoco. They took it as a sign to build their settlement there. They drained the swampy land, constructed the artificial islands on which they could plant gardens and established the foundations of their capital city, Tenochtitlan, in 1325 A.D. Now, if you, if you know, the eagle perched on a cactus is on the flag of Mexico. So that's kind of where it came from is the Aztecs saw that and they thought that was a sign you need to build here. And apparently the sign was right because they flourished. Yeah. Now let's kind of look at the Aztec religion a little bit um, because we, we, we see the, like Matt was talking about the paintings, the drawings, the carvings, of the Aztecs, and and we know that they practice sacrifices and all that kind of stuff. So let's look at that a little bit so we can kind of say this is what happened in this area mm-hmm. that surrounded these Chinampas, not necessarily on the Chinampa because that's where they grew the food and stuff, but it was the area right around there of Tenochtitlan that they practiced all this. Now, the Aztec faith says um, shared many aspects with other Mesoamerican religions like that of the Maya, um, notably including the rite of human sacrifice. So they did sacrifice humans um, just like the Maya did uh, in the great cities of the Aztec Empire. Magnificent temples, palaces, plazas and statues embody the civilization's unfailing devotion to the many Aztecs, Aztec gods, including uh which uh, or which um, god of war and of the sun, and Quetzalcoatl, which was feathered serpent, um, a Toltec god who served many important roles in the Aztec faith over the years. Now, the great temple or Templo Mayor in in the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan was dedicated to Huitzilapochtli uh, and uh, Tlaloc, the rain God. So I tried, I didn't, I
1: I didn't catch all that. I wasn't recording. You need to, you need to do all that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, good thing for you. I was recording. So, (laughs) um, so, so the, the templo mayor, the, the great temple there was dedicated to those two gods. Um, (laughs) And that, that's usually the one I think that most people think of when they think of Aztec temples is this one. Um, yeah. It's the one that we see pictures of and all that. So now the Aztecs had hundreds of different gods and goddesses, one for every aspect of their lives. Now, the various deities were believed to exert immense power and influence over everything people did and as a result, were worshiped devoutly by all levels of society both at domestic shrines and also in elaborate public rituals. Now, these ceremonies led by priests who often, quote, became gods during the ceremony were highly theatrical and dramatic affairs, integrating festive dancing in fantastic costumes with bloody human sacrifices, which was thought to be necessary to continue and keep balance in the cycle of life and death. So they... They sacrificed people in order to keep life flowing in the correct way. They thought if they didn't sacrifice members to their gods, that the, the world would crash. Yeah. And a lot of times the sacrifices weren't forced sacrifices.
1: Oh, yeah. It was more of an honor.
0: Uh, the the sacrifices wanted to be sacrificed to the gods yeah um so it, it wasn't yes it was bloody yes it was something we wouldn't do now but can't look down on it like some people do just because it was human sacrifice these people wanted to appease their gods and they said what better way than take me you know i'll yeah. I'll, I'll go and i'll i'll They felt they were helping to continue the life of their brothers and sisters by doing that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they weren't taking like, you know, the the weaker old individuals, you know, the some some grandpa Aztec Mm -hmm. that, you know, was eighty years old and barely getting around and, and they march him up there and say, Well, this guy's probably gonna die next week. Let's sacrifice him. No. I mean, they were, these people were, were strong. They were, you know, the, the best, right? You know, and, and like I said, it was an honor for them, you know, to be sacrificed because they, they felt like, you know, that was their reward was that they were continuing, you know, life. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it seems barbaric now. Um, but then it was just, it was part of their religion. So,
0: right. Right. Now, this goes on to say that underlying Aztec religious beliefs was the legend of the suns. Now, the ex- explanation of the origin of the universe is what this technically was. Now, according to legend, and I I, I just have to say, I, I like this. Um, I'll explain why I like this at the end, but I, I do like this. Now, according to legend, the universe had been created and destroyed four previous times and each creation formed an age called a sun. The fifth epoch began in darkness. The gods gathered um, at uh, Teotihuacan, and two of them sacrificed themselves by jumping into a fire and rising as the sun and the moon. The remaining gods then sacrificed themselves, their blood setting the sun and moon into motion. From then on, The daily movement of the sun and therefore the continuation of life itself depended on the nourishment of the gods with human blood. So that's why they did it. But what I like about this is. You and I might have talked about I I feel like and I'm not the one to come up with this, so don't think I'm the one coming up with this theory, um, anybody listening, but that civilization has restarted many times in the history of the earth. And what we know, our history is just this latest iteration of life. Right. But there were other civilizations, other cultures that came before us that may have gotten super technologically advanced. And then a catastrophe happened or something wiped it out. And we had to start over again from caveman times and back up to where we are today. So basically what their legend of the suns is, is that it's speaking of that, uh, we are in the fifth, uh, the fifth epoch and the, the four other ones that came before it, they were created and then destroyed. And so it kind of fits into that, theory that i like to hold to that we are not the first we are not the only iteration that there has been so yeah. i enjoy and it may,
1: that may not be the last
0: right right uh, our our epoch could be completely wiped out tomorrow who knows and some well, let's hope not yeah i hope not <laughs> um If that's the case, this episode won't even go out, so it won't matter. Um, But, you know, some of the remainder, uh, the remaining people on Earth would have to restart. And and I think that that's happened several times throughout the history of this planet. Now, this goes on to say that in many ways, Aztec gods and goddesses were just like ordinary men and women. They each had their own personality and well-defined role. Humans impersonated the gods at religious ceremonies, becoming them for that time period. Now, because the gods could transform themselves into earthly forms, almost everything was considered divine, from the lowliest insect to the largest mountain. Among the Aztec gods and goddesses were the supreme deity called Ome, uh, Ome Theodol, or two god who, as both female and male, was the embodiment of the Aztec idea of duality and was responsible for creating both humans and gods. So that Ome Theodol was the, the supreme being that created everything. And, and we, we see that in other ancient religions like Rome and, and Greece and stuff where they have one deity that created all the other deities. So that's basically what this is. Now, the Aztecs had no concept of heaven and hell as places of reward and punishment. Instead, they envisioned the cosmos as divided into layers, both above and below the earth, each of which received people who had died a particular death. If you had died by drowning or been struck by lightning, for example, you ended up on the celestial or heavenly plane governed by Tlaloc, the rain god. The nine levels beneath the earth, collectively known as the underworld or Mictlan, um, were less welcoming and were where the majority of Aztecs went when they died. Although it wasn't quite as grim as the Christian concept of hell, the people uh, banished here had to brave such hazards as clashing mountains. And flying knives made from obsidian, which is that black volcanic glass that mm-hmm. you see. And uh, it's really hard, really sharp, so they would make knives and swords out of it. And I I really want an uh, obsidian knife. I, I really do. My plugs that I've got in my ears, my gauges are actually obsidian. But I don't have a knife. I would love an obsidian knife.
1: Adam... Adam sounds like he may be taking this human sacrifice thing very seriously. No, no. <laughs> I need that obsidian knife. You know, I, I,
0: I don't need that rumor started because then I won't be able to get any victims. I mean, um, uh, that's not what I meant.
1: That <laughs> would be cool to have, though.
0: Yeah. I mean,. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I can see it sitting in this shelf right behind yeah. me, that glass case that I've got. Just put a obsidian knife in there. That would be amazing.
1: I don't think I've ever actually seen one in person. I've only seen like photographs.
0: Yeah. So yep. Yeah. yeah. I've not seen one uh, handled one either, um, but I, I would, I'd like to go down there and make my own uh, because they still have places where obsidian can be mined and pulled out of the ground. Um, So I would love to do that. Um, They even have like a green obsidian, which was only from one specific area because there was one specific volcano that erupted that had a certain chemical makeup in there that made this obsidian turn green instead of black. And so this green obsidian was used in religious ceremonies all across the Aztec and Mayan empires. And it was only used for religious purposes. It wasn't used for anything else. So it's obsidian is fascinating. Sorry. Yeah. That was a, a little diverging there of the topic. But uh, <laughs> look look up green obsidian if you get the chance. Um, now, this goes on to say that in Aztec art, deities can be identified through a standard set of accoutrement including dress, headwear, face markings, jewelry, or ornamentation, and other accessories such as weapons. Now, Tezcatlipoca, uh, for example, an ancient Mexican sorcerer and the god of night and destiny is generally depicted with a black band across his nose, so across the bridge of his nose, um, and uh, across his face, and then a withered foot that ends in a mirror made of obsidian. So Tizcatlipoca's name actually means smoking mirror. And it was said that with this instrument, he could see and control what was happening throughout the universe. So if you look into the Aztec art, you can figure out who the gods and goddesses were that they spoke about because of the way they depicted them with the black band across Tizcatlipoca's face and Mm -hmm. then his obsidian foot um you know his friends made fun of him and called him old mirror foot because <laughs> if you had a mirror foot i'd i love you matt but i'd make fun of you i, I really and would you know
1: what uh, you'd have if you had a mirror foot you'd, you'd be like walking around like trying to look up girls skirts and stuff yeah you know? it,
0: it would be that thing that the my used foot. to do yeah they <laughs> put the mirror on their shoe i remember hearing that as a kid yeah uh Oh, you should put a mirror on your shoe and you can Hey, I'm not gonna do that, buddy. The first but.
1: time I ever saw that was on Pee Wee Herman.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Pee-
1: the actual Pee Wee Herman show that kinda kicked it off, you know, they, yeah. would, they would do that. <laughs> yep. Okay. So we we've learned a lot, you know, about the the culture um in the area where the island of the dolls is. Um and you may think, man, I, you know, we've just got this big history lesson on the Aztecs. But that's important because I think it it plays into the uh, it, it at least some of the the superstitions and the folklore uh, surrounding the area. And it, it could have influenced how the Island of the Dolls came to be. Now. In the 1950s. Uh, there was a caretaker uh, on the island named uh, Don Julian Santana Barrera, and he was he was the the caretaker, the overseer, whatever. But he was there essentially by himself. It was just him and his wife, um, and and there he was, just kind of you know w- working on the island. And so the story says that one day. Julian found the body of a young girl at the bottom of the of the waterway that was right outside of his door. Uh. Now it's kind of it's kind of funny because this this is where the story gets kind of cloudy. Um, so you just just hang with me now. So Rahelio Sanchez Santana, he is the current uh, quote guardian of the dolls. Uh, and caretaker of the island, but he is also the great-nephew of uh, Julian Barrera. Now, he discussed his his uncle's experiences on the island after this discovery. So, Rogelio says that the girl was swimming with her sister or with some friends and got lost in the current, and it took her under, and she drowned. But some versions say that Julian tried to save the girl but was unsuccessful, and grief and guilt overtook him. Uh, Others say, like I said, he he found her body at the bottom of one of these waterways. And the interesting thing is that the waterways are crystal clear. So a lot of visitors will say, you can see all the way to the bottom very easily. Uh, because of the of the clear water so it would have you know it wouldn't be like you know looking in the tennessee river uh for a body you know this guy he just he could look down and see it um so who knows And, and it may not be all that important how how he discovered the body um it just says that he did now over the now this is another one over the next few days or immediately after he saw the body. Julian found, or Julian found, a floating doll in in the canals, and and he assumed that the doll belonged to the girl. So he picks up the doll, and he hangs it on a tree out of uh, in a way of showing respect and support to the spirit of the dead girl. Now, uh, Rahelio says the spirit of the girl was living in sorrow now because of how she died the tragic right. way. And he said in the mornings Julián started seeing ghosts and one day he woke up and he found that all of his crops had died just mm. overnight essentially
0: which is weird for that uh the chinampas because right like we we're saying those are fertile fertile lands there so to have all your crops die overnight is a yeah. weird thing
1: i mean you would expect you know if he was having some problems it wouldn't be the entire crop and you know in one evening yeah um but he started trying to save his crops nothing he did helped and he felt like it was because the spirit had damaged it and so there was nothing that a human was going to do to be able to fix it now he started getting more and more scared as Anybody would. Sure, yeah. So Julian, uh, the story says Julian started having nightmares and he would hear screams and footsteps on the island. So, uh, so Brera built an altar in his one room cabin uh, on the island. And that's, you know, that's where he and his wife live. So now they've got this little one room cabin with an altar. That they built to try to appease the spirit of this little girl. Yeah. Um But Rahelio says the spirits would still the spirit would still come. And so he Julian thought if he could put up more dolls, that would protect him or appease the spirit. So fifty years of collecting dolls. And hanging them on this island, you can only imagine
0: mm, how yeah, many it's,
1: dolls. That's a ton are all over. I mean, you know, and there's tons of pictures on on the internet about uh, of the island of the dolls, and it's just it's insane. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, the weather um, and time has just as as Adam described them as rotting dolls. Yeah. They're everywhere, hanging up, you know, a, a, as a reminder of what what happened um, during Julian's uh, life on that island. Right. Now here's the interesting thing. This is this creeps me out. I'm just, uh, if it's true, uh, which I mean, you know, it could still be part of the legend. Julian died in two thousand one. His body was found drowned in the exact same spot where the little girl was found
0: yeah if that's if that's true that's crazy
1: i know i know but i have i have an idea that you know it, it may maybe maybe closer to the uh to the real story i don't know it's just an idea But so many of the locals believe that Julian is now yet another spirit that resides on that island. Mm -hmm. And some of the locals will refer to the island more as as charmed as opposed to haunted. Um, That it's not something to be feared that, you know, there's an energy there. There's a spirit there. And as Adam said, it, it was fertile. I mean, it's it's a, it is the, it is the good place to grow these crops and be successful. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: you, you wouldn't associate that with a negative entity. Right. And and so that's why the locals say, you know, it's, it's charmed, it's special. Um, But you you know, even if it is that you don't want to interrupt the flow. And so the death of this girl may have interrupted that flow or as some people believe uh, Julian hanging up that doll awoke something that was on that island. Uh, and it began to uh-huh. torment him. But
0: That's highly possible.
1: The the other idea is that um, you know, Julian being out there alone, uh, or at least just with his wife, um that the loneliness begins to really work on your mind. Yeah. And if if he's out there and does find this young girl, how terrible to have to endure that, to, to find the body of, of a young girl, um, it, it just began to, to, you know, eat away at him. Mm-hmm. And as time passed, it became worse and it was harder for him to kind of separate, you know, reality from, the idea that this little girl's spirit was torturing him, uh, and he had to do this to try to protect him and his wife, uh, or, or at least to appease her. And the fact that they found him in the same spot, it it always kind of makes me feel like that either he, he finally got to a point where it was too much. And he said, I'm, I'm done. And, yep. and he he crawl he, he crawled into the water and never came out or he spent so much time there that you know he he finally just was old enough that he just died and yeah. that's where he was or he knew he was dying and that's where he went to die because that was where the girl was we we won't ever know for sure and it's interesting to uh to kind of you know, take a stab at it and theorize. But it does kind of lead you to think this is more than just a really good story. I mean, this guy lived on this island for a really long time. And you can't imagine that he's just playing the long game for a hoax that's never going to play out. Um, To me, Julian, something was happening to him.
0: Yeah. They, yeah.
1: They, you know, wherever you want to believe if it was the spirit of the little girl, if there was an ancient spirit, maybe the Aztecs understood, you know, this area was powerful that their gods had something for them at this area. That's why they planted there.
0: Yeah. Um Yep. That's why they they built the whole city there.
1: Exactly. So there there was something charmed about this to the Aztecs and maybe there was an entity there that they could feel and understand or maybe even communicate with and perhaps after all the hundreds of years that this act of the girl dying there you know this building of an altar to appease the spirit hanging this doll it 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 did bring about the awakening of something and, and maybe it attached itself to Julian and he couldn't escape it. Um, well, and this, this is what it caused him to do, Um, you know, hanging up these dolls, but you know, the, all of that great story doesn't necessarily mean that the Island is haunted, but it has been looked into many, many times. And there are a lot of stories from visitors that, reportedly say that there's a lot of unusual events that happen um it's often said that people can hear the dolls whispering to each other up in the trees now
0: that's not that's cool. creepy
1: now I, I i have thought about this and i was like, yeah you know you're standing there underneath all those dolls and you hear some wind in the trees it's gonna t- sound like somebody talking whispering um but Sometimes you can kind of tell the difference, you know, when you, when you catch a word in there, (laughs) you're like, that's not the wind. Um, But sailors have said that they feel like they have been pulled or, uh, you know, attracted. They, they use the term, they, they have felt this yearning to go and visit the island whenever they've been sailing near it.
0: Siren song almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but again, the Aztecs were drawn there. Maybe there is something that draws people there. Yep. Local legends say that the dolls can move their arms and legs and roll their eyes at people. And there have even been reports of a doll turning its head to stare blankly at a visitor. Um, mm. Now, I thought, okay, this is one of these deals where you look away and then you look back and it's not in the same position. Yeah. Um that you know these dolls aren't moving to where you would actually see them you know where you, you show up and there's all these little baby dolls walking around you know and then they look <laughs> at you and they're like oh crap everybody freezes like toy story
0: yeah you know yeah.
1: I don't I, I never thought it was that um but the, but there was this really strange thing that happened on an episode of Expedition X uh where a Jessica just is it is it Chopot? is that her last Chopin. name Chopin. okay um she visited the island with rahelio um uh julian's uh great nephew mm-hmm. and she saw firsthand the original doll that don julian put up the 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 yeah. actual one and that uh, thing is
0: said, wild man yeah,
1: been up there for 50 60 years Ugh. Yeah. A big spider crawl out of one of the, like the mouth. Mm. No, thanks. <laughs> but she said almost immediately she felt a temperature drop as she approached it and the sensation of another presence. So, you know, when you feel that, it makes you kind of uneasy. So what do you do? Naturally, you, you go back alone. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do.
1: Wrong, wrong. Wrong. But uh, but she does. She does go back for a solo session with the original doll. And she stays in communication with the rest of her crew via an earpiece. Uh, and they do have a camera on her. Um, so when she asks if there's a presence there, the light kind of surges to super bright and then goes back down. And mm-hmm. she saw it. And then the, the people in the crew saw it. And, and you know, so Phil tells her, ask if it can turn the light off. So when she asked that, instead, the light surges to full brightness again and then goes back down. So as they're freaking out about this, they catch sight of one of the dolls hanging from the ceiling begin to swing. And so she walks over to it, and, and, you know, you look, and there's, I mean, just, hundreds of these dolls hanging from the ceiling of this cabin. I mean, they're everywhere. And she's looking at this one, and you see the feet, and the feet are just gently swinging back and forth. And I don't mean you have to kind of look at it and really focus, yeah, I think it may be moving. No, I mean, it's kind of swinging right there. You can see it moving. Right. So you think, oh, there's a breeze, you know, whatever. You know, that's all that is. Well, let me tell you something. When you look at about the 35 other dolls that are surrounding that one that's moving and they're all perfectly still, you begin to go, yeah, it's probably not the wind.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay? Right. Exactly. Uh,
1: Cause you know, the, the rest of these would be moving too. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really, it's really odd. And you know, when you see it, it's just kind of like get one of these, eh, you know, d- down your spine, you know? Okay, oh yeah. yeah. So, uh, but i mean it it again it makes for interesting television but um you know when these when these shows go and they 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 see the these things firsthand and they they claim to have these experiences and they catch them on camera um you know this is not something that they just went and it just happened uh, you know they they nobody's ever seen this before i mean there's been the only reason they went is because so many visitors and locals have said this is what happens
0: yeah, exactly. It, you know, and so it wouldn't go if there wasn't a big history of stuff like this happening.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not above, you know, saying a show could totally fake it, but at least with this show, it it doesn't have the appearance of, you know, with the association with Josh Gates, I, I got to say, you know, we're, we're not looking at a bunch of hooey. You know, right. it's it, you know there's 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 some really legitimate events that are captured uh, yeah, on Expedition from, Act.
0: But, from what I've seen of other Josh Gates shows, it's not a show of hoaxing yeah. paranormal stuff. So I tend to and not have to put as much salt grains with this show as I do other shows. Yeah, if that makes sense.
1: There are not a lot of reports, like official reports or, or or stories from visitors, that are. Well, this is what happened on my trip to the island of the Dawson. There's there's not a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is just you know verbal stories and things that have been shared. Um, but it's still it it's just it's incredible that this place exists. And when you look at it on a map and you see where it is, you're kind of like it's even weirder um you know because it's like Adam said they just they built the city around it. i mean it yeah it's just kind of there you know right here in town you know um and and i read a lot of reviews when i went on tripadvisor that they were like you're going to get scammed um if you go down here for this this boat ride out here to this island you know they've got apparently there's another one <laughs> that uh mm. they'll take you to that one instead instead of so the original one you're not even going to be able to get off there um
0: yeah you know so make and, sure you know which one you're going to <laughs> that's right that's um, right
1: you know don't don't let somebody try to you know get you know get you out of a little bit of extra money by you know telling you they're they're going to do something they're not
0: um, no and if if they tell you you're able to spend the night on this island or you're able to spend hours and hours that's probably not the right one because Rahelio, uh, from what I understand, he doesn't like many people to be on that island, right? Uh, to set foot on the island because of the evil that he thinks is on there, right? Um, because he he's scared for any of these people that come to investigate it, and he he's like, I'd rather it. You know, it takes a lot to get him to let you spend a night there to do an investigation so yeah if you decide you're going to go down there and try to find it you may be able to see it from a boat out in one of the canals but probably not going to get to walk around the island
1: yeah yeah um but you know the the, the question of the night is could the aztecs have realized that there was something special about that area, that there was an entity there. It was charmed or, or whatever you want to say, um, that perhaps is still there. Right. And, and it, it may or may not be evil. Um, but it might just be a presence of some type or some energy that's there. Um, that, you know, Julian tapped into, uh, and it led him to do this, and you know, as his as his nephew, um, you know, continues to be the the caretaker of this island. Um, I, I got to say, you know, I I don't know that I would if I grew up in that area. I don't know that I'd look back at this story and think that I had an uncle that was nuts you know
0: you know you gotta yeah
1: it's like he knew something he was there for a really really long time Mm -hmm. um so something was happening
0: and well and that that's like you said i think there is something ancient in that area that the aztecs knew about hence why they saw the sign of the eagle on a cactus and they built Mexico City basically right there, and between their offerings, their sacrifices, the ceremonies, and everything they did in that area, I think it helped keep that energy around or strengthen that energy, and we can still see some of it today being expressed on the Island of the Dolls. Yeah, I don't know for sure that I would say what's happening on the Island of the Dolls is the spirit of the little girl that's there i I know i
1: I don't i i don't buy into that either
0: no i i think it's the energy the spirits or whatever that were in that land are just they're being expressed and seen on that island because you have the thought of this being a haunted place or a, a special place where everything else around there if you if you know Mexico City it's a jumping happening place Mm -hmm. so everything is going on there it's busy and like we've talked about before when you get busy like that you don't see the supernatural you don't see the paranormal because you're so busy
1: Uh, yeah that's a good point
0: you move out to the canals in Xochimilco where life's a little more uh, relaxed and you get on this island where I mean there's hella creepy dolls everywhere (laughs) and it kind of makes you you know a little more in that mind mindset and you don't have the distractions of mexico city and all that so i I think if you were to pay that much attention in other areas as you do on the island of the dolls i think you would see this expressed as well because it's the it's that area I I tend to not believe that it's that little girl.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me either.
0: So one of my least favorite things is going to the grocery store. It's because you got to deal with a whole bunch of people and you got to deal with the high prices of food now. So what do I do? Well, me and Matt both, we subscribe to HelloFresh. HelloFresh. And HelloFresh is a meal delivery service that delivers the ingredients and everything to make these meals right to your door. You can savor every last second of summer with HelloFresh because HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, allowing you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from your home. And you can skip those annoying trips to the grocery store and spend more time soaking up the last of the summer sun, which I know we all want to do. And Hello Fresh Market is a one-stop shop for all your mealtime needs, with a curated selection of quick breakfasts, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. Now you can enjoy more variety than ever before with Hello Custom. You can swap out one protein or side for another, upgrade for a more luxurious experience, or even add protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you and your family. Do you need another reason to stay in for dinner? Well, HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than dining at a restaurant and is even cheaper than grocery shopping. Like I said, high prices of food, HelloFresh is even cheaper than going to the grocery store. So that's money back in your pocket. And for my family, HelloFresh is great because we can get Michael involved and he loves doing the cooking with HelloFresh. He always gets in there and helps us prepare the meal and mix everything together because everything comes in these pre-portioned packets where he doesn't have to measure everything out. He can just squeeze it into a bowl and mix it up. And we love it. It's so simple for us. And the food is always something that not only do we enjoy, but Michael also enjoys. So if you want to get on a HelloFresh bandwagon and enjoy more time in the sun, less time shopping at the store and... Just get better variety of meals that maybe you wouldn't normally cook. All you got to do is go to hellofresh.com/graveyard16. That's hellofresh.com/g-r-a-v-e-y-a-r-d-one-six, and use our code graveyard16, and you will get sixteen free meals across seven boxes plus three free gifts. That's hellofresh.com/graveyard16. And use our code graveyard sixteen.
1: So, what do you guys think? Uh, did you had you heard of the Island of the Dolls? Um, did you already have kind of an opinion? Um, let us know. You know, if anything we talked about tonight kind of maybe changed your idea about what the, what the Island of the Dolls is, what it means, or what could possibly be there. Uh, let us know. And one of the best places to do that is in our Facebook group. And as we've said for a long time, our group is a safe place for you to share those opinions about paranormal things, about celestial things, you know, multiverse, all of that, whatever experience you've had, we want to hear about it. And nobody is going to make fun of you or pick on you or call you a nut job. Um, and, and our group is private. So, you know, if you're thinking, you know what, this is the way I feel, but I certainly wouldn't tell these guys I work with that because it might change their opinion of me. It's not going to, nothing else is going to be shared. You know, if they see it, it's because they're in there too. So, uh, and after you do that, slide over to our website. It is graveyardpodcast.com, and you can listen to the show. You can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. Uh, and as Adam mentioned at the top of the show, you can become a patron and you know get access to all of that bonus content. We always thank everyone for donating to the show because it helps Adam and I keep it going, uh, keep it with the limited ads that we have, um, and, and put out bigger and better content for you guys. Right. Don't forget to rate and review us on uh, iTunes. It helps bring us up the charts, um, but it makes it easier for people to find the graveyard. So I think, uh, I think we covered that pretty well. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) We didn't solve any world problems, but that's all right. Nah, never do. (laughs) (laughs) So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.